I really believe that what we want in life, what we truly want in life, is not just to be happy, right? What we want is to have a life of meaning. We want a life, we want to know that our life counts, right? We want to yeah. know that, yeah, it, I made a difference, that I was here, that I lived, that I, you know, that I, that I could reach out and change people's lives. That's what we want. Today, I'm joined by the real-life superwoman, Janine Shepard, one of the most inspiring people I've ever met. At 24, Janine was Australia's biggest hope for an Olympic gold in skiing, when a horrible accident suddenly shattered her dreams and almost her life. After being told she could never walk again, Janine decided to bring the same fire that won her the nickname, Janine the Machine in sports, and apply it to life. And has since inspired millions of people around the world to develop resilience and realize that a broken body does not mean a broken person. So Janine, welcome to the show. Thanks, Max, and what a wonderful um, introduction. Thank you. <laughs> very, very well deserved. Uh, as I was talking, telling you before, and you know, I, I have to tell you, like I was watching a TEDx talk, which I'm gonna link to for our listeners, and you know, sitting in this coffee shop and just had the chills. Like I had like a tear <laughs> too, like in my eyes. It was such a beautiful story of like, you know, overcoming resilience and then and rebuilding yeah. yourself after you've been broken completely, both physically and mentally. So yeah. to give our listeners a little bit of context to this conversation, uh, can you take us back to that moment at 24 sure. when you were at yeah. your prime and you got knocked down? Yeah, well, I've been an athlete, um, you know, my entire life, Max, you know, since I was six or seven years old, oh, yeah. I was in track and field, triathlons, marathons, and, you know, I really found my way in cross-country skiing, because as you know, I mean, it's such a grueling sport, and, yes. you know, no Australian, people think, what, Australians, you know, you don't have snow, well, yeah, we, actually, snow <laughs> we, we actually do, and so I'd done a lot of training with um, overseas, and with, uh, you know, I was invited to train and join the Canadian ski team, and, you know, I was just built for skiing, for cross-country skiing, all my background in track and field and long distance running. And so I really wanted to do something that no one had ever done before. And that's to really put Australia on the map, you know, in, in snow sports and in cross-country skiing. And so I was planning to go and join the Canadian team. I was invited to join them um, in preparation for the 88 Winter Olympics in Calgary. And, you know, I felt like everything I, you know, I trained for my entire life was coming to this moment um, to really, you know, to shine and, and, um, excel in cross-country skiing I loved it it was so grueling it was I mean it's the most aerobic sport that there is so I was on a you know I was in off-season training on my bike with the Australian ski team and uh, it was a six-hour bike ride up into the hills west of Sydney and about um, you know just sort of 10 minutes to go on the bike ride when I was hit by a speeding truck and that moment changed my life oh yeah so I mean, you, you talk about the injuries you received a lot, right? Oh. But all the, you know, recovery. So can you walk us through that pain yeah. that you felt in that moment? And how do you begin then to <laughs> sort of rebuild your life after you've been shattered yeah. literally physically into yeah. pieces? Yeah, well, just to give your listeners an idea, I mean, so I... I I literally left my body at the scene of the accident. I had such extensive injuries. I'd broken my neck and my back in six places, five ribs on my left side, my right arm, bones in my feet. I had head injuries, intensive, um, uh, extensive head injuries. I had internal bleeding. In fact, I lost about five liters of blood, which is, you know, all someone my size would hold. Yeah. The, the, they didn't think I'd survive the ambulance trip to the hospital. They thought I was going to die at the hospital. They got a helicopter they flew blood in they thought I wouldn't make 
the helicopter flight. And then, of course, I spent uh, six months in a spinal unit um, in Sydney. And it was really during that first 10 days when I had what I call my death experience. I, I left my body. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it's a very unique experience. We could, that's, a, that's a topic for another, another <laughs> podcast. Um, but I didn't want to come back to my body because it was just so badly broken. And I knew that the life, you know, my life as an athlete was over. And that was everything. That's how I defined myself. So I did come back. And, and I, I think, you know, just to, to tell your listeners when people say, why? <laughs> you know, while I had so many people, my parents sitting by my bed, people praying for me. Um, I mean, it was just extraordinary, the amount of love that was you know, pumped into my body. And um, I also think that it's was such an incredible opportunity because, you know, the one thing that would wake me up to my true source of strength, my true resilience was to lose the thing that I thought defined who I was, which was my body. So I came back, I, you know, I am, I was in a wheelchair. Um, I am a, a disabled person. You know, I say that in the I mean, I have, I sort of struggle with that word really, but yeah. I have a disability. So I am a, um, a walking paraplegic. But I think what people find interesting about my story is that, you know, I got home from hospital. I, I spent six months, I came out in a plaster cast and a wheelchair and I was told that my life would never be the same again. You know, my athletic life was over and I mean, I was... Oh my, talk about rock bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was at rock bottom and and here's the interesting thing about that is that rock bottom doesn't show you who you are, it shows you who you're not and it showed me that I wasn't my body and it was um really at the point of you know letting go and accepting where I was and saying okay life then if I can't do that, you know, bring it on. What can I do and I think it was in that moment, and this is where it gets really interesting, you know, sitting outside in my wheelchair and looking up and an airplane flew over and I had this ridiculous thought. <laughs> I, had, I had this thought like, okay, well, if I can't walk, then maybe I can fly. <laughs> and that moment changed my life. Oh, yes. You know, I love that story. And, and the, the insight that I want all our listeners to walk away from with this is, is like, if you can come back from this, uh, like one of the arguably most difficult things you you can possibly experience in life, right? Where like the entire identity gets taken away, right? Then then all of the struggles and the problems that most of us face on a daily basis, even the sort of quote unquote big ones compared to normal stuff, mm. are easily quote unquote overcome. You know, I've had it. You know, multiple times I've been the same thing. You know, athlete my whole life, ran for a national team in Germany, and. I remember I had these, all of these, you know, injuries and sicknesses as well, right? And oftentimes they would get me so down. But, but now, like, just listening to your story, right? It's like, it just puts things into perspective. Like, of, like mm. how much worse it can get and you can still <laughs> overcome. So, so talk to me about, you know, this yeah. process of, of rebuilding yourself. Like you mentioned, you know, you, mm. you saw that airplane, right? And you had this epiphany almost, it sounds like, of like, I want to fly, right? But how do you, yeah. how do you sort of create, recreate a new identity for yourself? Inch by inch, right? Inch you, know, inch, the, yes. you, know, you know the old saying, how do you eat an elephant? Elephant, one <laughs> bite at a time. So, you know, it was so crazy. I mean, you know, people were, uh, you want to what? <laughs> you know, so I was taken out to the airport and, and lifted into an airplane for the first time. And even the people at the flying school thought I was crazy. Yeah, now, I'm gonna, sure. I'm going to fast forward and, and tell people that it was crazy. I did. I didn't even know 
you know, whether I would pass a medical at that stage, I, I had to learn to walk again. But that was my incentive then. Like, okay, now I was so filled. This fire inside me was just, you know, it was extraordinary. I was like, that's it. I'm going to fly. And so, you know, suddenly I had a reason to get out of bed. Suddenly I had a reason to keep living. And, you know, I did. I, I eventually, you know, I, I, my mum helped me get to the pool where she would put me in the water and I, I could swim. And, um, you know, I threw myself into rehab and having been, you know, an athlete and, and my background is in sports science. So I had a really good understanding of my body. And um, I just, you know, I, I, every day I would, I would write in my diary, I would visualize myself walking. I would, you know, I just threw myself into it with the same vigor that I did before, you know, Janine machine, yeah. but this was now I was redirecting it somewhere else. And, you know, I did go on, I, I, I got my private pilot's license. <clears throat> I went on and got unbelievably my commercial pilot's license yes. <laughs> i got my instructor rating my aerobatics rating and then i became an aerobatics flying instructor um teaching other people how to fly an airplane upside down which you know i'm a walking paraplegic so i can tell you that i got a few strange looks from people when they saw oh, me I, I bet. <laughs> you know limping down to the aircraft um <laughs> so you know it was my freedom it was just such an incredible sort of metaphor for life you know so you know, people ask me why I chose chose flying, and I really tell them that I didn't. I think flying chose me. Um, it was this this inspiring moment of um, this. You know, this is the moment of freedom. It was so far from being paralysed in a spinal ward, and you know, I'd say that flying gave me my life back. And you know, it's people always uh, look. People write to me all the time, email me all the time, and they say, you know, I. I don't know what I'd do if I lost my ability to do X, Y, or Z, you know, because so often we define ourselves by things that are outside of us. But, you know, when we sort of let go and yield to life, you know, that's when we're open to the possibilities. We have no idea what life has in store for us or the, you know, or the incredible, <clears throat> you know, potential of, of what we can do in life. And, and to me, that's what, I mean, now I, you know, I, I teach resilience and when, when people ask me what that is, I say it's a, it's a way of life. You know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a journey, not a destination. It's, it's resilience is a really bold and a gritty and a courageous way of living life. And, and essentially it's, it's, it's a yes. It's saying yes to all of life. And, and that's what I did. And that's, I think, you know, that's how I was able to really turn my life around to say, okay, you know, I, I can't cherry pick the experiences. I'm going to take all of it, you know, the good, the painful and the joyful. And that's how I was able to recreate my life. You know, I absolutely loved it. And I can, I can literally talk to you, feel this fire that you've again developed in your life. And there's, there's such a power I find over and over again in having a dream and having something that, that almost pulls you towards it where you just can't stop yourself. Like you say, the dream almost, it almost chooses you, right? Like you find that thing and you just can't stop yourself from going after it. And I find there's such a power in, in deciding to commit to that. Like even oh, if, yes. like you say, it's, it's unrealistic, right? It's crazy to everybody else. But what <laughs> I find is like, like the process is going after it. First of all, it makes you happy. And secondly, it also inspires others to do the same. Oh, absolutely. You're, you're so right there. I mean, I was at this flying school when I was learning to walk and mind you, you know, I had to learn to use a catheter cause I'm a, you know, I'm a paraplegic. So I had all these injuries and, you know, I was in a, 
plaster body cast and then I was in a, a brace and learning to walk and fly at the same time and you know people would stare at me and look at me and think oh you're never going to be able to do this but I had this like this fire in my belly that was just saying just keep going don't even think about that just you know keep going and you know I threw myself into it and it's you know at the time at the time it was sort of all I had and it was my inspiration to as I said you know get out of bed and keep working and keep working on myself and um, you know it's been it's been such an extraordinary journey and in turn you're right I mean when we're out there living our dreams what happens is that other people see us doing that and they think oh, if, if they can do it, then I can do it too. And, and that's how it works because we're all so connected and we're all lifting each other up at the same time. And, um, you know, we're just, it's life, so often in life where we're looking and comparing ourselves to everyone else's life, where if we just focus on, on what we're doing, we have this incredible, what I call defiant spirit inside of us, which is what Viktor Frankl talks about. You know, he, yes. he talks about this defiant human spirit and that's what it is. It's this, it's this spirit, this fire inside of us that helps us overcome any challenge in life, anything. You know, love this, this collective almost like drive, right? Where like you bring people together and it's like more a community of people raising each other up, right? That's what I found is like one of the most powerful things you can find. And you mentioned something yes. really interesting before um, about, you know, having a training plan, right? Because like this is something, you know, we as athletes, we notice, right? It's like Monday is this workout, Tuesday is this workout, right? But what I found is that like many of like the most successful people in the world have the same mindset and apply it to every other area of their lives, right? Meaning, okay, every week I have like a date night with my spouse, right? That's that training plan for your relationship. <laughs> yes. you <know>, every <laughs> Yeah, that's a great I, I do like three it. hours of sales calls every day, right? Like they get, I, you know, happiness rituals. I do meditation 20 minutes a day. Like they apply the same mindset. So is that yes. something that you still do to this day? Like apply this mindset of like being an athlete to your life? Oh, absolutely. Although it's changed, of course, because I'm not out yes, running, running or training. But, um, you, know, you know, I do the same. I've learned a lot um, about how to create a life of well-being. You know, I, I say to people, I'm not, I don't chase happiness because I think happiness is something that, we, you know, we, it's a very difficult word to, to sort of like, um, you know, hone down because, there's this drive, particularly I'm, I live in the, in the US right now. And, you know, there's this pressure of you've got to be happy. You've got to be happy. And, and I say, no, you just, you have to be whatever you are. You know, you, you, you be happy when you're happy and sad when you're sad, because there are times, let's take the pressure off. There are times in life when it's appropriate to be sad, right? There are, yeah. Life is about loss. It's about handling those emotions. It's about, it's about embracing every emotion and still creating a life that is rich and meaningful because there's no bad emotion. I mean, you know, there are, um, we're all going to experience loss in life, but what we can do, you know, in my mind is create a resilient life. And that's, and that's being able to handle all of those things and still be able to create, create a life. Of I meaning. really believe I, that what we want in life, what we truly want in life, is not just to be happy, right? What we want is to have a life of meaning. We want a life, we want to know that our life counts, right? We want to yeah. know that, yeah, it, I made a difference, that I was here, that I lived, that I, you know, that, I, that I could reach out and change people's lives. That's what we want. I truly believe that. And so, you know, to me, resilience is the most important skill. It's the most important skill in life. 
Yes, you know, I love what you're saying here about creating meaning, right? Because so, so, so how I define happiness is like I combine sort of the two aspects of it, right? Like the emotional part, right? Of just, oh, I'm feeling happy today, right? But that's not true happiness, right? Like happiness needs this part of meaning and purpose and going above yes. and beyond ourselves, right? It's like, like the way I always define it is how, like how I feel about myself when I'm by myself. You know, when I'm just lying yeah. in bed, when there's like no distractions, no TV, no people. Because in that moment, you can't lie to yourself right? In that moment, you're just faced with who you really are. And mm. I love what you're saying about really like focusing on serving the world and helping others become better and chasing that rather than just, oh, the good feeling, right? Oh, exactly. Like the hedonistic sort of happiness. I yes, mean, yes. I, th I think that for me anyway, my happiness is more like a contentment of knowing that I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing, that I'm, you know, living you know, the, my sort of sacred contract. And that's how I, that's how I would define happiness, you know? And I think that we, you know, my advice to people is, you know, don't spend too much time on social media, you know, when you're comparing, um, you know, your life with others, just be really focused, run your own race, stay in your own lane. Um, and that's the, you know, that, that's the best way to really connect with purpose. You know, I have, uh, I was told I never have, I would never have children. And, and by the way, I've had, I've got three beautiful children. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they're you know, in their, in their twenties now and um, living extraordinary lives. And, you know, so I see a lot of the pressure on younger people now in trying to, you know, sort of chase, you know, a life that maybe isn't, their you know their life authentically their life so and that's the danger of of course um you know being sort of so connected in a world where we sort of looking at everyone else so um really just being really um mindful of you know what what gives me joy what makes me you know what brings me to life what creates meaning for me because you know this they're the important questions we need to ask Yes, 100%. And so you mentioned resilience before. It's really, and I totally agree that this is arguably like the most important life skill you can ever develop. So what do you teach your children, for yeah. example? Like what do you teach them about resilience to really enable them to thrive at life? Well, I'm just, you know, I, I have three incredibly resilient kids and I think they're resilient because re what research is telling us now that we learn resilience from the people that we're closest to. So for parents that are wondering, how do I teach that to my children? I say, well, just create that in yourself, you know, create, a, you know, the tools of resilience in yourself and your kids are watching you closely. So they'll naturally become resilient. And I know that that's true because my kids are incredibly resilient. You know, I've created, um, you know, I have a course I'm about to launch soon to help people, what I call build an unshakable core. And um, if anyone wants, you know, some free tools, there are some free tools on my website. There's a resilience checklist. There's something that I call the question method. And I'm also going to be offering other t um, tools to help people, you know, create that resilient mindset. And I've, um, I've put together what I call a, a, a breakthrough course um, to help people, which is based on, you know, neuroscience, neuroplasticity, positive psychology, spiritual wisdom and my own experience. I've put together what I call a breakthrough course that will help people create an unshakable core to be able to handle whatever challenge they have in life. So how do people go about doing that? If you could just give us real quick some tips on like, what do you, first of all, how would you define this unshakable core? And then how do people go about really creating that? I've created five precepts, which is a way um, of looking at life. So for example, when I used to teach people to fly, one of the, um, we, we have a uh, formula in flying attitude plus power equals performance. So our attitude is the way uh, in an airplane is what we see 
out the front of the airplane. So our attitude is the way we see life. You know, we're all going through life creating a story. But, you know, when we ask ourselves, is that story actually true? <laughs> You know, everything's a story, right? We, we, you know, form from our belief, our judgments, our, you know, um, opinions. We create a story around and meaning around something. So the first thing is I've created five precepts, which I say is a way of seeing life. So that sets the scene, um, you know, for what I, the 12 uh, pillars that I've created of resilience. And I take people through these pillars. They start um, from acceptance, um, and they go through all of the, the virtues in life, acceptance, compassion, optimism, goes right through to values and strengths um, to, um, for example, mindfulness and humor connection and uh, gratitude. So I take people through these exercises and, um, you know, as I said, there's some free tools on my website. Um, so I'm really happy for them to go and download those as well. And, you know, one of the, you know, you asked Max about what's one of the first things people do. Well, the first thing I would say to people is recognize that you already are resilient. The fact that you're here, right, means that you've already overcome so much in life. Would you agree? Love that. Yes. You know, we are, we are resilient. Um, and if, and, and often people think other people are resilient, but yeah. I say, look, look at yourself. So, you know, go back and think about something in your life that was really challenging that you thought you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't be able to get through a hill that you thought you wouldn't be able to climb, you know, and write that down. What was that event? You know, maybe it's breaking up with a partner. You've got dumped by a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You lost your job, you know, financial challenge, whatever it is, health problems, you know, and then, and, and, and then write down. And I say write down because journaling is a great way to um, process things in our brains rather than typing on a computer mm. and then ask yourself, you know, how did I feel? What did I go through? You know, and then, you know, what, and the next question, what was the process I used to get over that? Um, you know, what the steps I took, did I reach out to people? Did I do a course? Did I meditate? Did I, you know, whatever it was. And then the most important question is, WTGIT, <laughs> what's the, what's the gift in this? Or what did I learn from this? Now, if you can look at those sort of four questions, and that's also what I call, I have a transformation exercise that goes through that process. And it's also based on Joseph Campbell's hero's journey because everything is a repeating pattern in life. Everything. We're continually putting, you know, put through these challenges to go through this process and learn. And once you see that it's a process, it makes it easier to handle the next one. Oh, okay, this is where I am. Can I use those same tools? What can I do to get over this? And what's the wisdom I took from this? And for anyone, and I know you mentioned this, that's seen my TED talk, five chairs on a stage, that's based on the hero's journey. And I had a name for each of those chairs. And the middle chair, of course, was the chair of acceptance. And you'll find that every challenge you go through in life, whatever hill your listeners are facing right now, ask yourself, where am I in that process? What stage am I at? And can I use the wisdom from that past experience to help me through this one? You know, I love this so much because like you say, every one of our listeners has already, you've already gone through so many challenges in your life. You've already climbed so many hills. So just remembering that. And then like you're saying, creating this insight around what did I do in the past, right? What has served me well? What could I you know, repeat again in the current moment and current situation and bring that to the sort of forefront of your mind? So I absolutely love that. Now, yeah. one thing I've been dying to ask you is like, I'm, obsessed with this idea of memento mori so remembering death 
is that, you know, since your accident, is that something that you actively keep in your mind and that you sort of <laughs> use to live a better life? Well, you know what? I think, you know, knowing that, um, having the experience that I've had of leaving my body has certainly helped me how to live. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, tell me about that experience. And I say, well, <laughs> you know, don't, I, I came back to my body to show people how to live in this life. And this is what's important, you know, so bring, you know, bring everything you have into making this life count. Um, because my belief is that, you know, we have, we have multiple lives. Um, and, you know, it was an extraordinary experience to me. It's, it's comforting for me because I wasn't alone on that experience. I was guided through that experience. And so I know that this is not all there is. <laughs> and, and, you know, I take great comfort from that, but I also know that I came back to this body because this was my opportunity to, to advance um, myself spiritually, mentally, physically um, in whatever way I can. So um, I see it as a gift. It was a great opportunity. Yeah, absolutely love that. Now, if you could give our listeners one challenge to, you know, to walk away from this interview and build more resilience in their lives with, mm. what would that be? Well, I would say, firstly, my mindset is loving the hills. I learned that mm. as a young athlete. You know, I learned to train on the hills and that, you know, that's where I got my nickname, Janine the Machine. So the hills in life are not, you know, obviously not just physically you know, physically, the physical hills that were outside, but the challenges, what, what's your hill? I would say, what's your hill right now? You know, just take a moment and think about it. Is it, you know, is it financial? Is it relationships? You know, is it in your work life? What is your hill right now? And then ask yourself, what's one thing, what's one thing I can do today to help me get over that hill? And then do that one thing. And then get up tomorrow and ask yourself that very same question. What's one thing? And then do that thing. And do that every single day. And before you know it, you'll be over that hill. It's that yeah. simple. And the beautiful thing is that you build resilience by being resilient, right? I think this is mm. an important thing to remember, right? That resilience isn't just going to show up on your doorstep, but you have to show courage to become courageous. You have to be resilient to, you know, become a resilient person. Yeah. And you know what? People say to me, oh, it's okay. You're really resilient. And I say, look, I'm not resilient despite my accident. I'm resilient because of my accident. Wow. You know, Start where you are. Mindset. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, Janine, before I ask my final question, where can listeners connect with you online? Oh, well, they can, of course, go to my website, janineshepherd.com. They can um, join up to, for the, um, you know, my course, the School for Resilience. You, on the Learn tab, there's some, some free downloads of PDFs of the question method and resilience checklist. They can connect with me on Instagram. Janine underscore Shepherd, Twitter at Janine Shepherd, and LinkedIn, of course, as well, Janine Shepherd, and Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'll link to that. Now, final question What is your quest for greatness? So, what's that big vision, the you know, fiery thing inside of you that you want to bring to life? I just want to continue to share my story, which is why I came back, and to encourage people to share theirs too, because that's what we need. We need to know that we're not alone on this journey. We are all connected, as you know from my TED talk, by a sea of invisible straws. So raise your straw, share your story.